0: For all the talk about wellness and well-being, are advisors positioning it correctly with employers, and what's new in helping employees engage? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Chapers.
1: Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers Podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and Chief Transformation Strategist, David
0: Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers Podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement designed specifically for educational institutions. If you have clients in that vertical, you know the healthcare deck has been stacked against them. Today, Captivated Health offers the stability, control, and savings they've been waiting for. For more information, go to www.captivatedhealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're privileged to be speaking with Andreas Deptola. Andreas is co-founder and COO at Thrive Pass. And today, we're going to talk about a subject that we've touched on briefly in the podcast before, but it's changed so dramatically, just even in the last couple of years, that we thought it would be great to take a look at wellness and how old-fashioned wellness is differing from what's being put in the marketplace today and some of the tools and techniques to drive engagement and some of the challenges. So with that, welcome, Andreas. Thanks, David. It's great to be on the podcast. Let's level set for the audience and talk about when we talked about wellness a few years ago.
1: What kinds of things were we talking about? Yeah, so what we saw in the industry, even like five years ago, was a slightly different focus. So really the focus of a lot of companies back in the days was, how can we get return on investment out of our wellness programs? And what we have seen in the industry is that it's just very, very difficult to truly prove return on investment. I mean, a lot of companies set out there to do that a lot of companies try different methodologies but very difficult to do that so what we are seeing right now is it's really you know almost like two buckets in the market i mean one is the more traditional methods like you know where like you know companies have you know the stick methods and really trying to still measure outcome return on investment and, and and be very quantitative about it and then we see almost like a new stigma here a new focus about you know providing more perk to the employee and that's much more like providing value to the employee. So the, the discussion shifted there like how can we provide value to the employees, how can we see that as a perk and use that more as a tool for engagement, for retention and to attract the best talent.
0: Are you talking about today what we call, what was starting to be called, I'm seeing this term well-being a lot. Where it goes beyond the simple smoking cessation or 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 you know ten thousand steps a day on a pedometer, and delves into a more holistic approaches. Is that
1: what you're seeing? Yeah, I think that's part of it, right? So initially, like you know, a lot of the wellness programs uh, included you know certain measurements and you know biomedical screenings, stuff like that. What we're seeing now is a much broader definition of wellness that can still include some of these more traditional measurements. But what we're also seeing is like, how can we engage our employees to make sure they're going to the gym, they're doing their yoga classes? But I think it goes even further than that. A lot of uh, you know the wellness managers in the industry out there, they're trying to think about the entire question more holistically. So, how can I think about financial wellness? Right? If you if you think about it, like if so- somebody really has financial problems, that clouds a lot, right? That really has a huge impact into your life. So that's a new aspect that's coming in the other aspect I would say which is, is also a nutrition and food so a lot of the new trends we are seeing in the in the industry is like how can you provide a more holistic wellness program and how can you basically customize that really based on the needs of the individual uh, employer
0: well and that's important because the whole employee comes to work right I mean you don't just get the worker part or the medical part you get everything that's going on in their life and the value today does seem to be helping them speak to all of those things doesn't it
1: Yeah, I think the, especially with the new generation, right, you see that, like, the entire, you know, workplace has has changed, you know, people don't only see it as a job, right, they basically want to see meaning in it. And, uh, you know, if they, if they see that, you know, the employer, basically employer provides them with, you know, certain benefits and really cares about them, that has an impact. And that means a lot to the, to the modern workforce.
0: Before we get into some of the tools and techniques and the things that are keeping employees engaged, and that's the word that we use in almost every other podcast is how to get employees engaged. One of the issues that's been challenging for a lot of our listeners when talking to an employer about a wellness or a well-being, if you prefer, program is that it's difficult to come up with a demonstrable, repeatable ROI is that getting any better and how do advisors answer that question when a C-level person to whom they're speaking
1: asks? Yeah, it's a great question, right? I think the complexity is really coming from It's, it's a multivariate question, right? It's, it's very difficult, you know, to, to, to show that. So, and what we are seeing to that point, David, is really a shift away from that. I think a lot of the discussions in the boardroom, like even like you know two or three years ago, way around that topic and you know those kind of promises couldn't always be kept so I think the discussion is now sh- changing from that and the industry is much more careful and conservative about like really promising a certain ROI and on, on programs.
0: So how do advisors position this? Is there the ability to do retrospective review and look at outcomes? Is it more like a perk? What are you seeing done across the country?
1: Yes, we we see kind of like two different camps almost. Like one is where you basically try to, you know, do really deep data analysis and to see what kind of correlation can you see between engagement of the participants in the, the wellness program and certain outcomes, whether that's, you know, sick days, you know, medical claims. That I think still is out there in the market and that has a place. The second element, uh, I think it's it's much more a philosophy shift almost right, where you basically have organizations say like, Well, it might be hard for us to basically measure the exact dollar outcome, but we basically believe in wellness as as a means to basically you know, have a healthier workforce to increase attention to attract the best talent
0: so we've we've gone past this the e word the dreaded e word a couple of times, which is engagement, and that seems to be the Holy Grail. It's always been difficult, at least with traditional employment wellness programs, to drive engagement. In point of fact, there are companies who have made an entire living out of chasing folks who are noncompliant. So what are you seeing in terms of things that are resonating with today's employees to gain that engagement and to boost the engagement number? Because if you can't give an employer a demonstrable, repeatable ROI – it would seem to me that the least you can do is say 85% of your employees or whatever the number is are using the program and they're happy with it, right?
1: Absolutely. And I think that that's, that's one of the outcomes like you can clearly measure, right? If you go into an organization, say like, you know, there's a current engagement of 20% and our goal is to get this to 60 or 70%. I mean, that to your point is a, is a very clear outcome. So what we have seen, what works successfully is I think the the first, the first element here is really choice for the employees, right? So how can you design those kind of offerings? You know, whether it's a, a monthly wellness stipend, where they the employees can go to the gym to do pilates or you know get uh, Fitbit, whatever that is, you know to really have a, a broad offering that you can basically do something for the employees and have a lot of alternatives, right? You don't, you don't want to define too narrow. The second one, I think, really goes back to communication strategies, right? You can't expect just to, you know, put something in place and it's going to work. So that could mean many things, whether it's like automated email drip campaigns or, you know, peer-to-peer programs within the organization, you know, where you have, you know, certain meetings and whatnot. Those kind of like communication strategies really help. And then the third thing, you know, it's, it's, it's also about incentives. How creative can you get? And then also, what kind of psychology can you use towards uh, the communication strategies, right? So to just make one example here, what we've seen in the industry is that if you basically tell an employee, hey, if you don't use you know, your, your wellness dollars here, you will lose it, right? That's working really well psychology. Nobody wants to lose something. And to use those little tricks and do that in an automated, scalable fashion uh, can be very powerful. And now, a word from our sponsor. Captivated Health is a single-source
0: solution for your clients and prospects who are in the education vertical. The founders of Captivated Health have nearly 20 years' experience working with educational institutions, and over that time, they've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems these clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing health care costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, These groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace until now. Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems, and it does so with virtually no disruption to faculty and staff, while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to the educational clients you advise. To learn more about the Captivated Health solution, go to their website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on their logo on the Shift Shapers website. And now, back to our interview. Are you seeing campaigns where, I mean, these days, especially with, with some cohorts, everybody's special, for lack of a, a nicer word, and you know what might fit Andreas might not fit David. Are you seeing kind of a, a, a smorgasbord approach where an employee can—I don't
1: know—the best word is build their own program. So what we see, what works well, is if the program is aligned with the core values and the, the culture of the of the company. So let let me just like make one example, right? If a company is really engaged in the community and the value that you know make that part of the wellness program and let people track volunteer days, right, and basically align the, the program specifically with this corporation. I think that that is the first element. The second element then is, is really to, to drill down to the employees. I mean, there are various ways to do that, right? Whether you start with with, with surveys to really find out about the preference of the employees, to find out like, what are their specific needs? And then also communicate with them on a customized level in order to, to really reach them and their specific needs.
0: What kind of incentives are you finding most effective with today's populations?
1: So what we're seeing out there, I mean, there the, are the a number of things. You know, obviously you have traditionally like monetary incentives that could be premium deductions. You have, you know, the more traditional your gift card incentives. You know, I think a little bit more successful these days is anything where you can create excitement right, for the employees. So, you know, for example, is is there a way you know, for the employer to... Let the employee earn money, but like spend that on healthy activities, right? Let them earn a certain amount of money; they can spend that on their gym or on the healthy eating. That's one way. Or could you send them on a, you know, on a trip on an experience? So I think those kind of creative ways go go a long way, make it more meaningful for the employees, but also increase engagement.
0: Do you find a major difference if you're going into a company that's kind of had an opportunity to dip their toe in the wellness water? Versus someplace where you're starting from scratch. And if I'm an advisor, do I try to build a big, robust program off for that? Or do I kind of start slowly and let it build and, and create a, a two or a three year structure? What resonates best?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, obviously for, you know, for it's, it's, it's always easier if, if you have a, a certain amount of budget to play with, right? I think that that's a huge uh, determining factor. Let's assume the budget is limited. You know what? would we would like to, uh, you know, what, where we see a lot of interaction. You know, if, if, if you really define in, in the first place, what are the specific goals of the company? Right? Where do they want to take it? And instead of like having, you know, the big bang at the beginning, super complex program in place. I mean, what can be done maybe on a smaller scale and like develop a roadmap? Right? So. For example, uh, is it possible to, to just roll out uh, an engagement plan, an engagement program where you basically track certain certain activities of the employees, do that during the first year, create service of the employers to find out like, you know, what they liked about it and improve on, on that next year and take it to the next level. I think that is really a key of the successful solutions right now in the, in the industry to be able to basically uh, customize them, but also to add additional features and components to the program as the program goes along.
0: Andreas, have we yet gotten to the point where an employee who's deciding between employer A and employer B almost expects a program like this? It's kind of table stakes in order to be able to play? Or if we're not there, how far away are we from that, do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question. What we are seeing, it, it heavily depends on the industry. So I think in certain industry, if you talk about technology, if you talk about, like, you know, Silicon Valley, where, like, you know, there's really a talent for, uh, like, a war for the best talent, right? It almost becomes a commodity, right? That, you know, companies, you know, basically have a wellness type in gym reimbursement program for $100 a month. Uh, so we see that a lot. But that's one specific area You know, across the board. I think it's it's still considered as a, um, as a very innovative and, and, and new perk for the employees. We also see, obviously, geographical differences between the United States.
0: So industry and geographically different, That's that's quite interesting. So if I'm a benefit advisor and I'm going into an existing client or perhaps trying to sell a new client, what is the conversation like? What are the points that I need to make in order to start the ball rolling and and then find partners who can implement the program for me? What's that conversation with the C level folks like? If you can't talk about direct ROI,
1: yeah, I think it it really goes down to truly understanding like what the client wants to to accomplish here. So I think spending a lot of time on that upfront is is very important. I mean, is there an expectation uh, expectation about return investment? Do they see it as a way to attract and to retain talent? Is there a current program in place that that might just be a lot of red tape for HR? And maybe there's a return investment, right? So that's another thing we're seeing is that a lot of these programs that are Manage internally, you know, are just painful for, for human resources to manage. So, you know, sometimes that could be a return investment, but it, it's really about like, you know, understanding, you know, clearly their vision, clearly uh, what they want to accomplish in the short term. And then also, I mean, we, we see a huge variety right now of different tools and, and platforms out there. And like, certain times it's also not a good fit, right? And to, to also just be brutally honest with the client, I think it's a, a benefit in the long run.
0: We've only got a couple of minutes left, and and we always like to wrap up with asking our guests how they see the future, both in the the near term and midterm and maybe in the long term. Can we take the last two, three minutes and and maybe explore what, from your vantage point as a subject matter expert, what you see coming in in the field, what's coming in near term, midterm and long term?
1: Yeah, I think right now the, the focus really on engagement, on scalability, on automation, what we see as the next step in terms of your know, benefit evaluation is really how can you provide to your employees a holistic benefit, almost like a universal benefit fund that allows the, the employer to allocate it, right? so. Maybe wellness is not the biggest need, right? Maybe it's, it's tuition reimbursement. Maybe it is wellness. Maybe it is uh, an FSA or an HSA. So what we are seeing is that like throughout the life cycle of the, of the employees of the employment, that their needs will shift, right? So I think tools, processes and offerings will have to adjust to that and they have to be become more flexible. They have to show benefits to the employees, right? Like what kind of tax implications are there? And I think that that is a huge push in 2017, 2018, and I think that will fundamentally shift the market.
0: So it's gotten way more complicated than just take the stairs, not the elevator. Absolutely. Andreas Deptola, thank you so much. We appreciate you taking some time and speaking to our audience, and we look forward to having you back again another time. Thanks a lot, David. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved.